Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. This is your host, David Begin, and my guest today is Prentice K. St. Clair, who is the president of Detail in Progress. Uh, he owns an organization in San Diego that's professional automotive reconditioning. He does a ton of consulting and brokeraging. He's a, he's kind of an expert in the detailing area. Um, he's a professional detail member in the International Car Wash Association, um, Western Car Wash Association. He's uh, been a trainer. He's done a lot of training uh, probably over the last 20 or 25 years on detailing. He's been named in Modern Car Care 2002 list of who's who in automotive care. He's been the chair of the Professional Advisory Council of the International Car Wash Association for detailing. He is currently a member of the International Detailing Association. I don't know, are you president of that, Prentice? Or were you president or what? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, I, I was on the founding board for six years, so we helped start it up. Okay, terrific. But he's been a guest lecturer on automotive maintenance. Uh, it looks like he's doing some work with NADA. Uh, he's got over 70 published articles um, on detailing and he's considered to be an expert in this area. And I'm really excited to have him on. Thank you so much for joining us today because this is an area that I don't have a ton of expertise in. And most of us who are kind of, you know, running down the exterior express car wash industry, which seems to be a lot of what's going on today, really are not developing the expertise or the understanding of detailing where it fits in the overall scheme of car care and then what are some things we got to be aware of you know as car wash owners when we start thinking about issues as far as paint and clear coat and scratches and detailing and those things so Prentice thank you so much for joining me today I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule you bet it's my pleasure it's good so uh, anything else you want to add to your background that you would like people to know or understand well yeah I've been a uh, trainer and consultant in the industry f since 1999 and um, I've worked at a lot of uh, dealerships, car washes that offer detailing and of course independent detail shops and mobile mobile detailers uh, just trying to help the industry improve um, and uh, I'm really proud of my activities with the International Detailing Association which currently has about 1,200 members in 57 countries and 75 supplier members. So uh, it's a very serious organization that's doing a lot for the detailing industry. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fantastic. You know, I was thinking about, I was, I was thinking about the last time, you know, I was thinking about the first car I bought out of college and I would wax that car every six months because that's kind of what you did growing up, you know, with your dad, you get your, you know, your can of paste and you'd wax your car and the need to be able to wax your car. And you think about how far technology has come <laughs> in the last 20, 25 years with, with, with a car. But um, let, let's just kind of take the basics. So I know that there's two components to the exterior of your vehicle. And I know that there's, there's paint and there's clear coat. And can you kind of explain what the differences are and, and kind of explain how that's evolved over the last 20 or 25 years? Because I know there's been quite a bit of changes that have been made in technology, right. especially clear coat technology. It seems like most uh, automotive manufacturers rely on clear coat quite a bit nowadays, but if you want to kind of explain the differences, that would be helpful. Sure. So when I'm teaching about paint technology, um, I usually talk about the three, three types of OEM 
paint systems that we typically see. Um, the first one is going to be what we call single stage or conventional paint, where uh, as you put the different layers of paint on there, they're all colored the same. They're all, it's all pigmented paint, and when it dries, it dries shiny. Um, that's called conventional because before the 80s, that's what most cars were painted as. Um, and we call that single stage. And when you buff on it, the color of the paint comes off uh, onto your buffing pad. Um, and then in the 80s, uh, switched over to mostly clear coat coming from the OEMs. And that's where, you know, let's say you want a red car. Uh, so you, you spray down a, a layer of base coat, which is a very thin layer of color, which gives the car its basic color. And that, that layer, when it dries, it's not shiny. So on top of that, they put um, uh, mul multiple layers of clear, non-pigmented paint. Um, to give it that depth and that shininess that we're used to seeing when we look at a car. So the important thing to remember is that clear coat is paint. And a lot of times consumers um, think that, that uh, they get the terms mixed up and they say, well, the dealership said my car was clear coated, so it never has to be waxed. And of course we know that's not true. It needs protection. So um, that's, that's what we call a two-stage um, paint system or base coat clear coat. And then um, the third type of uh, paint system that I like to talk about is what we call tri-coat, or, or you, that's where you get your special effects, where uh, you've got a pearlescent, um, you know, mother of pearl white, or mm -hmm. an iridescent paint system, which has sort of a, a rainbowy effect. And, and then also the, the what I call chameleon um, paint colors, where you're looking at it straight on and it looks beige, and you look at it from the side and it's got a purple hue to it. So... Those are what we call tri-coat tri or three-stage paint systems where you start out with your basic color as the base coat. That's a thin layer of basic color. So let's say you want a candy apple red car. So you spray down your, your red paint, very thin layer. And then on top of that, you put a mid-coat, which has some kind of a special effect like a, a pearl or um, a zerillic or a um, mica of some sort that gives it that candy apple sparkle, that green sparkle for that candy apple red. And then on top of that, of course, you put the clear coat for um, the clear paint uh, for the depth and the protection. So um, essentially, as detailers, we're, we're concerned with the outer part of the paint. We're not really concerned about the base coat um, other than to understand whether or not we're working on a clear or a single stage. Um, and, you know, clear coat uh, has all kinds of issues. It, it does, just because a car is clear coated doesn't mean it's perfect. You know, clear coat can scratch. When it scratches, it the scratches turn white because it's basically like scratching uh, clear plastic. Um, and those can be polished out um, or at least smoothed out so they're not as noticeable. And then other thing that can happen with clear coat is it can oxidize. Just like we 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 all know the uh, the old single stage paints that would oxidize and turn chalky, and then you you try to polish that out and get rid of that chalkiness to bring back the shine. Well, clear coat can also oxidize. And basically oxidation is it's losing, losing its uh, moisture and drying out. And typically we see that on hoods of cars where the middle of the hood starts to get dull and then eventually starts to turn milky. And that's basically the, the clear coat failing in that area. And it happens on hoods because you get the heat from the engine and the heat from the sun. sun so it's a double-edged sword. And then eventually that clear coat will peel off if it's not treated. Um, we call that delamination, where the clear coat actually peels back from the base coat. So, and then you asked about more modern changes. You know, what we see coming from Europe are um, are ceramic clears, much harder clear coats that are more difficult to polish and more difficult to make look perfect, as it were. Now, the funny thing is, 
you can have a, a specific model of vehicle and if that's manufactured in a different plant it might have a different type of clear coat on it oh, so, okay. so you know on you you could have a nissan altima that that polishes out beautifully and then two weeks later you have a different nissan altima and it's completely different ball game so as professional detailers we we have a lot of tools to help us make cars look good and depending on test spots on that car we'll we'll take different tools to it okay so you're, you're able to tell if it's got a different type of clear coat on it you can you're able to test that well you can't tell until you start working on it okay okay <laughs> and that's where you take your go-to polisher your go-to pad and your go-to chemical and start playing on the hood or somewhere on that car and you realize wow this is really hard or it might be really soft uh, might be really soft paint we find that on a lot of gms uh, gm trucks okay very soft paints Interesting. Interesting. So that, the explanation that clear coat is paint kind of clears a lot of things up for me because I always thought it was a separate, you know, completely separate chemistry, separate chemical that was put on there to, to protect the paint, which I think it probably is doing, but it's actually paint itself. It has the same properties as paint. Correct. It, it, it goes on like paint. It just doesn't have any pigment in it. So. Okay. Okay. And are, is anybody doing single stage painting anymore on cars? I mean, is that kind of a thing of the past? Yeah, we find them occasionally. Um, the Toyota white uh, is often single stage. Um, and then also, there may be some components on the vehicle that are painted single stage. I've seen that a few times. Uh, because we know that the plastic parts of a car, like the bumper covers, the uh, uh, side view mirror covers, the door handles, oftentimes those parts are actually manufactured in a completely different company. They're subcontracted. And so they're painted in, in a different way because we, the, the metal parts of the vehicle can be baked to 400 degrees after they're painted. So it's a different kind of paint, but the plastic parts, obviously, obviously we can't um, bake those at 400 because the parts will melt. So they're baked at 180 degrees. So sometimes they'll use single stage paints on those uh, for convenience. And so that, that brings up an interesting point. When you're thinking about detailing a car, you've got metal parts that, you know, metal hood doors, you've got plastic parts, which are typically the bumpers, you've got glass. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on and you can't probably, I would assume you can't treat a car the same way all around it. You've got to treat the plastic differently than you treat the metal than you treat glass. Um, well, yes, of course, with the different materials, you know, the professional detailer is going to become an expert at cleaning and, and protecting the various surfaces on the vehicle. And as you mentioned, you know, as you walk around the vehicle, you've got different surfaces, glass, uh, chrome, vinyl, plastic, rubber, painted surfaces. And then, of course, we know the substrate of those painted surfaces might be different. They might be metal. They might be plastic. So we, we might do a certain polishing technique on a hood. But if there's a plastic bumper cover right there, we might need to change up a little bit to so that it doesn't overheat the paint on that uh, plastic bumper. Okay. So as, as the car wash industry has evolved, you know, the, the basic, you know, job of washing the car, we've seen more exterior express washes come in, probably less full serves. You know, full serves are somewhat converting to exterior express. I mean, there still is a very much a niche uh, market for full serves. There still is very much a desire for full serves. But how is that changing the detailing industry? What have you seen in the past five or 10 years? And, you know, I think the detailing industry is evolving to kind of meet that challenge. But what, what have you seen happen? 
Well, the way I like to approach that issue is, is you know, we see um, the exterior express model and these uh, low labor models, which I, everybody understands. If you can don't have to pay labor and you can still make money, that's great. Right. Um, the problem is that you know you'll get some some neighborhoods and communities or towns where all they have is express exterior, and then it's basically a race to the bottom as far as your competition. Um, because it's all the competition is based on price, so again, it's that race to the bottom um, where you know the the five ninety nine car wash becomes the four ninety nine car wash becomes the three ninety nine car wash, um, and I I think at some point it's got a it's got a pop that bubble's got a pop something has to happen and I think what's going to happen in the car wash industry is the this wonderful concept of service is going to come back in. Because somebody in that community that has four of the, exactly the same kind of car wash is going to say, the only way I'm going to get people in here is if I offer them service. So obviously, um, one way to, to, to provide that service is to do finishing work on the car or prep work before it goes in the tunnel. And then another way to, do, to, to offer service is to look at a completely different business model, and that's express detailing or even full service detailing um, at the car wash. So you've got your customer base uh, for your detail center is all the people coming through the car wash because they come through every day, you know, 100, 200, 300 vehicles a day. That's your market. And then you tell those people, well, I'll tell you what, um, our car wash makes your car look great. We can make it look a lot better over here at the detail center and try to try to draw from that. And so I think that express detailing is going to make a, um, a comeback. I don't know how strong it'll be, but I think it's going to make a comeback uh, in the industry. And we'll see um, the the car wash owners that have the space and the desire to uh, offer more service to attract more people to their car wash are going to one one way to do that is to offer express detailing or yeah, some would, form of it. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I, I look at different services that are being offered, and I use the example of coffee. If you think about coffee in the 1950s, we all bought Folgers. You know, <laughs> it was two cents a cup. Yeah, moving in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, then it got into the Starbucks and people were able to take a commodity and differentiate that commodity. And now we're paying four or five dollars for a cup of coffee. We don't think about it, you know, where people right. would think we're absolutely crazy. But yeah, and I think the car wash industry is doing that too. I think there were some inefficiencies in the way the car wash industry was being managed. And then the exterior express is coming in to kind of clean that up a little bit. But then there's going to be so much of a commodity, we got to figure out how do we differentiate ourselves. And I do believe that we'll move more, you know, you'll see more flex serves, I think, in the future. And you'll see more services being offered, including, you know, detailing and express detailing. I, I, I do believe that. But I also think that I'm seeing, you know, detailing shops that are opening, at least in my town, that are standalone detailing shops that will wash your car by hand and then provide the detailing services and other things. They provide like, okay, you want LED lights, you want, you want uh, tinting in the window, you know, sure. you, want, you want to get a clear bra put on. They're offering a ton of different services right. that, that I don't offer. Uh, as so a, I, yeah, I didn't, and I didn't answer that part of your question. Like how, how is, what is the impact of the trends in the car wash industry on the detail industry? And I think you're right, but I think what, what's true, there's, there's this, um, theme or foundation that'll never change there are certain there's a certain percentage of the driving population that just will not go to car washes and it's amazing to me how much money people will pay for me to hand wash their vehicle sure i mean it, it's over a hundred dollars 
And, you know, I talked to other people about that and they say, that's crazy. Why would you pay a hundred dollars for, for a car wash? Well, obviously it's way more than a car wash. Okay. I mean, we're getting in there and detail vacuuming the inside with, with all kinds of attachments, we're doing the windows inside, we're dusting and wiping. We're, we're, um, of course, thoroughly washing the outside, including the wheels, the barrels of the wheels, um, the door jams. And then we're coming back with a finishing spray that gives it protection and gloss. So, you know, it could be a, a two or three hour service on an SUV. It might even be a four hour service. So you can see where, you know, the, it's almost like a mini detail at that point. Right. Um, but, and I think the reason I mentioned that is I think for the detail industry, we will always have a market of people that want hand washes, professional detailing washes, as opposed to going to the 399 Flexerve or right. Express exterior. This, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, you know, you're always going to find different market segments. I think I love a full service. I don't own a full service car wash, but I love a full service car wash. I mean, I still, and I love my car getting detailed and those aren't services that I offer, but I really enjoy those. But I think the good thing about at least the exterior express market, I think it's just kind of getting people to think about their car. We're getting people out of their driveways into car washes and they're thinking about car care more often. And I think that's going to help all segments of our industry where, you know, I don't think people have time to do it themselves. I mean, you know, my dad and I used to wax his cars, you know, and I just, I don't think people have got two or three hours anymore, you know, to want to be able to do that. And I'm, and I think they're willing to pay for those services and whether it's an express detail or a full service detail, you know, you're going to get a much better product if you let a professional do it. Typically. Yes, you're right. Um, of course, there's always the enthusiasts who who love spending an entire Saturday morning or even an entire Saturday just detailing their own vehicle. But um, yes, and and you know, I think another trend that we're seeing from the automotive industry is is you know that the the average price for a vehicle nowadays is going up, and people are it's not uncommon for for uh, you know uh, middle income folks to be buying sixty seventy thousand dollar vehicles, and you just look at that and you go well. I'm, I'm buying this, this huge investment. I better protect it. And, you know, the paint on a vehicle, for example, is designed to last for 10 years. Okay. It's engineered to last for 10 years. That doesn't mean it's going to look good in 10 years. Right. Okay. That paint, if you take a car, a brand new car and park it in the desert in Arizona and leave it for 10 years, you'll come back and the paint's still doing its job. Its primary job is to protect the substrate from corrosion, but it might look terrible and it might be peeling off all over the place. Okay. So what we look at is we, from the detailing side of it. So we say, look, why don't we not only protect the, the paint on your car, but also keep it looking terrific for years to come as opposed to letting it slowly deteriorate. Right. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think, I think people are making those investments and they realize it makes, makes a bigger difference. Hey, car wash owners, are you experiencing rising water and sewer costs? Are you under the threat of water use restrictions? Or are you just not getting the results you were promised from your existing water recycling system? Whether you are building a new wash or currently have an existing wash, or whether you just need help with reclaim water odor, or want an entry-level reclaim system, or if you want to recycle all the water in your wash, AquaBio can help. AquaBio specializes in saving vehicle washes money on their water and sewer cost. AquaBio systems don't use any chemical treatments or ozone to eliminate odor or clean used wash water. AquaBio systems use aeration to control odor and naturally occurring microbes to clean used wash water. 
To learn more about AquaBio and the full line of water recycling solutions, visit aquabio.co or text the word clean water to 31996. Again, text the word clean water to 31996. The customers that are the most dissatisfied with my products are the ones that don't wash their car very often, right? So they're, you know, they're, they're hoping to go through a car wash and get a miracle at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, they, they, they don't clean it. They certainly don't wax it. And, you know, they, they just don't take care of it. And they're frustrated because they think, well, a car wash will solve this problem where, you know, there's not that regular care that people go through when comes to to taking care of their car, whether they're washing it or detailing it. So, you know, back back in the old days, I remember when there wasn't a lot of clear coat, right? And it might have been a single stage when I think about the cars that I used to own, you know, the gloss would start getting dull. And so that's probably the, you know, t- typical of a single stage paint job where Oxidation. then I would wax it and it would shine up again. And we were always told every six months you should wax your car. Is there mm-hmm. any guidelines nowadays with newer, better technologies that you would recommend somebody, what, what do you recommend? Yeah. You know, and, and what you're talking about that the typical single stage deal is, is what we call oxidation. The paint's basically just drying out. Right. That's normal. Um, and you, you rejuvenate the paint by, by putting a nice coat of wax on it with some good oils in it and, and get that paint uh, shiny again. And with clear coat, um, you know, with any paint system, regular protection is going to be the key to, uh, keeping the paint looking good and also reducing um, the natural environmental damage. So what we like to talk about is, you know, your, your wax layer or your sealant layer uh, on the, on the paint is the, the, uh, the barrier against the environment. So the sealant, the wax takes the brunt of the environmental impacts instead of letting the paint do that. Right. So again, the paint's designed to last for 10 years, but if you don't protect it, it's going to have all those environmental impacts. The sun is the biggest thing. Um, Rain, salt uh, in uh, climates that have snow, um, uh, environmental fallout, rail dust. Uh, There's all kinds of things that can attack that paint. But if you've got a coat of protection on there, um, it's it's the protection that's going to take the brunt of that attack, not the paint itself. Right. So we re- we recommend, um, you know, a good quality wax is going to give you three to month, three to six months of protection, and that range depends on how much exposure the vehicle has and how often it's washed. You can wash wax off of a car uh, pretty quickly if you wash the car often. Um, so then we we go to polymer paint sealant, um, which gives you better protection and it lasts about twice as long. So a good quality polymer paint sealant is going to give you six to 12 months of protection. um, And it's better protection because the polymer sealant, uh, the molecules of the polymer tend to bond to the paint and set up sort of a net across the, a molecular net across the surface as opposed to being just just, uh, molecules floating around on the paint like like in a wax. So polymer paint sealant is definitely a step up in the right direction. Uh, Then we get into things like ceramic coating um, which is basically a wipe on, it's almost like you're wiping on a, a micro thin layer of clear coat on top of the existing paint. And that's going to be the ultimate protection. And there's a number of com- companies offering um, uh, ceramic coatings now. Um, and, and then 
of course, there's also the what we call spray sealants, these uh, spray-on wipe-off sealants that are very, very easy to use. There's a, a number of companies that, that are just um, have huge sales in this area because you can take a vehicle, spray something on it, wipe it off, and you've basically sealed the surface. Now, that's going to give you one to two months of protection, but that type of a product is perfect for the express detailing side where you can actually say we're sealing your car for one to two months. So somebody who comes in every two months for a express exterior detail, um, instead of just wiping on some wax on there, we can actually seal that car very quickly. Interesting. So those okay. are the different levels of protection and the, and the expected range of uh, protection with each one. Yeah, so that's good. Well, you know, definitely want to ask you about ceramic coatings. That's one of the questions. And I know there's certain car wash chemicals that are kind of touting themselves as ceramic car wash chemicals. I'm kind of interested in what your thoughts are on that. But let's, let's sort of dissect the process that you go through when you're preparing a vehicle and then what you do to, to, to get it, you know, get it detailed. So the first step, I guess, you would go through would be to, to wash the car. So you would go through the process of washing that car by hand, mm -hmm. making sure the car's, you know, clean before you do any work to that. That's super important that there's no dirt on it. Right. So we do what we call a prep wash, which is a car wash that's designed to prepare the vehicle for detailing. It's different than just a just a hand wash or, you know, a weekly wash on the car. We're using stronger chemicals, all purpose cleaners, um, sometimes even acidic uh, wheel cleaners. Um, and and we're using stronger chemicals to wash the car, too, because we're trying to get off it, like you said, as much as the, of the dirt and grime that we can before we actually start working on the paint to make it look nice. Okay. So that's what we call that a prep wash. And, you know, a good prep wash on some vehicles can take a, as much as um, an hour labor time to do it because uh, you're really going over every nook and cranny of that vehicle, door jams, wheels, wheel wells, tires, uh, front exposure, back exposure. And then also typically during the prep wash, we'll do um, the clay service. And as you know, uh, what detailing clay is designed to do is remove all that surface contamination that will not come off during the wash. So many of us have washed a car and then come back and you feel the paint. It still has a rough feel to it. That's all the environmental junk that falls out of the sky and sticks to the paint, but it won't come off during a normal wash. So what clay does is, is we rub the clay bar across that surface and it essentially erases all that junk that's stick to, sticking to the paint. Now, a new development in that area is we have what we call surface prep technology, which is a polymerized rubber that's sprayed onto a towel and we use the towel instead of the clay bar. The problem with the clay bar is if you drop it, you have to throw it away. With the, with the surface prep technology, you can drop that towel on the sandy ground, rinse it off, and you're good to go. Just keep okay. using it. So yeah. that's, a, that's a common thing. And that's really good for express detailing at a car wash, too, uh, the, the uh, surface prep technology. So yeah. we clay it to get that paint um, all nice and clean and then come back and do whatever polishing is necessary, depending on what the customer wants and what the car needs. Polishing is, is what makes the paint look nice and get rid of as many of the defects as we can. And then we come back and put the protection on top of that. So that would okay, be either so, the, the, the sealant, the wax, or in, in a more uh, expensive and extreme case, the uh, ceramic coating. Okay. So let, let, let's talk about clang real quick. So the, the, you know, the, the example it was used to me is grab like a, a, shop, a plastic shopping bag you get at Walmart yes, or the grocery yes. store and, kind of, and you hear the clacking as you rub it over. Yes. You clay that 
and then you really, then you do it again and you don't get all that noise. Right. So, and in some cases you can have the customer actually just feel the car after it's gone through the car wash, have them right. rub their hand across the a section of the hood and then do a sample section and they can feel the difference instantly. So um, there, there, there's actually different types of clay too. I didn't realize this, but there's different, different clays for different uses. When we well, so if we, if we go back to the clay bar technology, you know, there's different colors and they mean different things. You want to go through that real quick? Yeah. And I can't guarantee that the color, the color that you have indicates exactly what kind of clay that is because different manufacturers have different color schemes. Sure. But essentially what you're talking about is uh, what we call um, light duty clay versus um, uh, medium duty or a stronger clay where the light duty clay is going to be good on vehicles that, are, that don't have a lot of surface contamination. Um, but you're going to need your medium duty clay or stronger uh, clay uh, for vehicles that have a lot of uh, rail dust or, or over paint overspray, you know, heavy concentrations of surface contamination. And, and the same goes with the surface prep technology. You can get a light duty uh, surface prep towel and you can get a medium duty surface prep towel. So it goes hand in hand. Now, as a professional detailer, I pretty much just go with um, the, the stronger clay or the stronger towel every time. Um, for my daily drivers. If I've got a, a, a custom vehicle or a vehicle that I ma maintain on a regular basis, I may not need that. But for most vehicles, I'm just grabbing the stronger stronger version because it's going to cut through a lot of stuff. Got it. Okay. And then are, are, you, are you a bigger fan now of the surface prep technology versus clay? I am from for the standpoint of doing um, normal detailing on vehicles. It it handles a good a good seventy five percent of the vehicles that come into the shop, um, and it's quick and it's easy. Um, it's a larger surface area. If you've ever worked with clay, it's kind of a nuisance working with that small it's tough. thing that you, yeah, that those, you try to. Yeah. But there are times when I'm I'm working away with my surface prep towel, and I go, oh my gosh, this is this is going to take forever. And that's when I go back and grab a bar of clay and, and, and get on it with that for sure. Got it. Okay. And then, then there's clay mitts. I, I, you know, I actually have a clay mitt and right. Uh, that's, some people that, like that, them, some don't. What, what, what are your thoughts that, on, on clay? So that's what you're talking about is, is I call it surface prep technology. It can be in the form of a towel, a mitt. It can be on a pad that you can actually put on a random orbit polisher. Um, so there's a number of versions that it, that it comes in, but it's basically the same thing. It's that polymerized rubber Got that's it. sprayed onto a surface. But it's okay. all the same thing. And I'll tell you what, I've done a couple of um, heavily um, rail dusted vehicles, um, and and you know put put that put a surface prep uh, disc on a random orbit polisher, and man, it sure speeds up the process. Of course, yeah, you don't okay. do that during the prep wash. You do that afterwards with lubricant. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that can really help in some cases. But but you got to have some sort of lubricant when you're doing that. I think the big thing is you got to have a sure, lubricant. Correct. You, you can't do it dry. You got to have a lubricant. Right. Use a mitt or use a clay bar. Right. So in high production shops like at dealerships or um, car washes I, um, that are offering hand washing, I suggest doing the clay step during the, the hand washing of the vehicle. And then your car wash shampoo becomes the lubricant. Okay. Got so it. if the car is really muddy, you wash it once and rinse it off and then come back with a new batch of car wash shampoo and a mitt and just throw that on the car and soaking wet. And that becomes your lubricant for, for claying the car. Um, other people prefer to wash and dry the car, bring it into the shop and then do the clay um, separately. And in that event, you have to have some kind of a lubricant. Typically, typically it's going to be a spray wax mm -hmm. or, a, or a specifically a, a 
a chemical design for as a clay lubricant. Now, one of the things we're finding out for express detailing is if you use that spray sealant that I mentioned before um, as the lubricant, you can clay and seal the car. And then when you're done claying, you just wipe it off with a towel and it's already protected. So it's like a one-step service and it can be done um, in most vehicles, uh, you know, sedan type vehicles in about 10 labor minutes. So it's a very quick service. And so what we're seeing is that we're able to bring clay service back into the car wash as an express service, where it, as it used to be, you can't clay a car. It takes too sure. long. Sure. Yeah. So now that's that your caveat. It's not going to be for every vehicle. It's going to be for, for some vehicles. Okay. Right. But it's, it's pretty cool to be able to offer the motoring public uh, clay service as an express service. And you can charge probably twice as much as you would charge for your um, express hand wax because you're doing more to the car. Sure. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And I do it at home. I've got a showroom shine that I spray in the car when I right. use that, that clay mitt. And I guess the question after that is, is my car naked once I clay it? Um, it can be. If you're using just a, uh, a, a spray wax or like you say, showroom shine, you know, something that's going to give you seven to 14 days of protection, your car is quote unquote naked at that point. So you would want to come back with a, ha with a wax or a sealant after you clay the car. Okay, perfect. And, you know, one more thing. Um, when I'm selling clay to people or helping them understand it, the importance of it, um, and sometimes I have to tell de professional detailers this too, because some people don't clay the car automatically. I automatically clay every car that's getting waxed. To me, the two go hand in hand. If I'm going to wax it, I'm going to clay it. If I'm going to clay it, I'm going to wax it. Same with sealant. But, you know, not, not claying the car and waxing it alone is kind of like, waxing the kitchen floor without sweeping it first. Right. Who in their right mind would ever do that? You're just right. going to put wax on top of all that dust and dirt? Of course not. Yeah. And it, and it seems like the education process for the consumer by getting them to run their hand over their car or the, you know, the plastic bag technique or whatever, getting them to understand the difference between what it's like before and after, I think is a, is a really good lesson for them to realize what's really, even after you've washed your car, what's what's embedded in that clear coat and paint has got to get off of there before you wax and polish it so right so sure. apprentice what, what i'd like to do let's go ahead and end this episode we got a lot more to talk about here but <laughs> in this episode we'll do a part two here real quick if that's okay with you we still got to talk about the rest of the detailing process and then i want to talk about you know the issues we have with our customers and scratches if that's okay with you certainly okay great great so thank you so much well, uh, we're going to continue this episode in a part two. We appreciate you listening to this episode of The How of Car Washing. We'd love for you to go on to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to us, and make a comment. Um, let us know, you know, let other people know what you think about these podcasts and these episodes. And if you want to go to our website at thehowofcarwashing.com, leave a comment there. Give us some ideas on some future episodes, and we'd love to uh, to get your feedback. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll Join us next time on the next episode of The How of Car Washing. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.